I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. And we have, but we have just Eddie. It's Kevin Sauer. Needed to France. Eric Murray. It's Mahi Drysdale. It is Sir Matthew Pinson. Thank you for being here. I'm Alex Del Sordo of Rowers Choice. And we are sitting down. You can see it. There's a lot of people here. We're going to be talking about Brixton rowing in a state that you all know I'm from. So this is a big deal for me. And we have rowers that have been doing this for four years. They started at a very early age. And we have someone who's been doing this maybe longer than I have. I don't, I, we'll find out how old Craig is, but he's been doing this a long time. And we're gonna be talking about the rise of a new program in Newark, in Newark, New Jersey, and what it takes to get there. But more importantly, difficult questions that I think a lot of us need answers on. Craig, I know you got your teammates here, but Craig, thank you for doing this with me today. Of course. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. So, Craig, you are the co-founder of Brick City Rowing, but in 2011, you started St. Benedict's, a program out of the Jersey area. You guys have found success over the years. Um, my first question for you is, uh, it might be a difficult one. I can count on one hand how many people of color have made rowing their careers since the 90s how have you been able to do it? Why have you stuck through it all these years? Um, the kids, uh, first and foremost, uh, they make it worth it. If the kids didn't care, uh, I wouldn't care. Um, so seeing, seeing the amount of, of, of hard work, dedication, uh, just, you know, just grit that they bring to the table every single day and that they have brought to the table every single day for the last decade. Um, and then watching them grow with their parents, uh, that's, that's where it's at for me. Uh, I've said that more than one time. So uh, it doesn't feel like work. Uh, it never has. Uh, it's, it's very rewarding uh, to, to be a part of their families uh, and to be a mentor. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's good work. It's good work. So I'm, gonna bring in, I'm gonna bring in Nestor over here. Nestor is a senior, been rowing for four years. Nestor, um, is Craig a good coach? <laughs> I'll just, I'll say it simply. Do you enjoy having Craig as a coach? You've had him for four years now. Uh, I do. Uh, I think he's one of the best coaches that I've ever had uh, with regards to, you know, my previous years and like uh, being in different kinds of sports because uh, I did soccer previously, like when I was uh, younger. And, you know, the coaches were okay, but, you know, when I joined rowing and I had Mr. White as a coach, it's, he really made me like fully understand, you know, how to improve as an athlete. Mm. And it, it's, it was amazing. Uh, he's, yeah, one of the best coaches I've ever had. Uh, Jaden with a Y, Jaden, another senior four years. Jaden, um, was it easier to get into the sport because Craig is a man of color. I'll just keep it simple like that. Was it easier for you to join the program and start rowing? Um, yes, it, I feel like it was because of, you know, freshman year, freshman year, they require you to do a sport. They require you to do, do a sport. You gotta get two activity credits for at our school. So when I when I joined the sport, I started looking up, you know, cause like I, I wasn't, I'm new to the sport. I'd never heard of rowing in my life. So I'm looking it up and I just see a lot of, a lot of white people, you know, I don't see any black people. And uh, when I come to my team, it's like a lot of black people. So I'm like, all right, that's different, you know? And I just felt comfortable being around my people. Not saying I wouldn't feel comfortable being around people, but you know, just like yeah. there with them, progressive, my people, you know? 
that I, that's a really good point. Now, Craig, uh, let's let's talk about your past a little bit. So, when did you start rowing? How old were you uh, when you found the sport, and where were you when you when you found it? Uh, I was seventeen. I was a freshman at William and Mary uh, in Virginia. Um, I had always wanted to row uh, long before I I got to uh, college, uh, but there I didn't know of any opportunities <clears throat> that were available in New Jersey. Um, I was born in Newark, uh, spent every school that I ever went to was in Newark before college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to William & Mary, uh, I saw that it was, it was, you know, it was doable. I swam in high school. So, you know, getting up early was not new to me. Um, and I, I liked the people that were on the team uh, and it, it was accessible. I was accessible. So I just dug in and I stuck with it all four years and, and I loved it. And what year was that? How, how long ago was that? Uh, that was 2004. So I'm, I'm, I'm 34 now. Okay. Um, I'm 34 now. Um, I started rowing in 2004. That was my, I guess, my novice year, my first year ever of rowing. Uh, and I just fell in love. So I'm 35. I started in 99. Uh, because mm-hmm. I had access to it, you know, like I knew what the sport was, uh, yep. and you came in that that's okay. First off, the fact that you have four athletes with you right now that want to talk about rowing says a lot about your style. Um, when did you decide to make it a career? Uh, I, I don't, I, I think I just grew into it. I think is the better way. Um, when I came back to New Jersey, I came back to New Jersey because um, my dad got lung cancer. Mm. Um, He was diagnosed with lung cancer and I I needed to be closer to home at the time. Um, So I moved back home. I just left DC and moved back to New Jersey Um, and I needed a job and I started teaching at uh, at St. Benedict's. Uh, The admissions director at the school kind of ratted me out um, because there was a kid at the school at the time who was a junior who had spent two years rowing at Kearney High School. Oh, but yeah. but transferred to Benedict's and, and wanted to continue to row. Uh, and that kid, uh, his name is Eric Rivera. He essentially made my life a living hell uh, until I started a team uh, at Benedict's. And then that's the rest is history after that. So, Yamil, um, I, I, I'm always interested to know, I've been, I've been interviewing athletes and coaches for now a year and a half, how they found rowing, right? And how the hell did you find rowing? Like, what got you to want to jump into the sport? He, Craig just said it, he always wanted to be involved. And, and then he, it took him till basically his senior or freshman year of college. What made you want to join the program and the team? Uh, well, uh, I would say that the, the biggest encounter uh, that I had with rowing that made me want to do it was um, one day, uh, my mother and I, I forgot what we were doing, but um, we were driving over a bridge near a uh, Passaic River, and I saw boats rowing on the water, and I thought it was like very interesting. And I thought like I kind of fell in love with the sport as soon as I saw them like row. And um, uh, at my freshman year at uh, at our school, like I I I seen I've seen that like um, they, we had a rowing team, and of course we had to do like uh, an activity requirement. So I started doing rowing and like uh, the first days uh, were very uncomfortable, but um, after a while, like 
I knew that that sport was like for me. I love that. Now, Jaden, without the why, uh, same question. You know, how did you find the sport and, and why did you start rowing uh, as a 13 year old kid? Uh, so how I found my, uh, how I like got into the sport, it was actually like pretty like by coincidence. So I saw Mr. White in the hallway one day and I jokingly asked like, yo, Mr. White, I'm going to join the crew team. And he said, just come. He said, just come. So I, I came to practice one day and it, it, it was all like that. So my, like my first experience, like, of like learning about rowing was just from being at Benedict's and learning that we have a crew team. Cause I didn't know like rowing was like a, even the Olympic sport. I didn't watch the Olympics that much. It's not that big. Yeah. But um, uh, I it was like when I found out it was a sport, and Mr. White just saying, "Yeah, I could just come," and I came, and then I uh, just been committed ever since. I love that answer, Craig. 2011. So you've now experienced the start of two programs, right? We're gonna get into what Brick City means to the town, but more importantly, I want to know what are the uphill battles you experience starting a crew team? Forget about diversity. Just how hard is it to start? two crew teams in the course of like 10 years? <laughs> um, I would say it's, it's almost impossible, um, but it's one of those things where it, it's easy when uh, you, you have great people that you work with and you work for. Um, so our, a, a lot of our success <clears throat> is because of our parents and, and our families. Um, you know, they're cops, teachers, uh, doctors, nurses, um, you know, they're, they're working blue collar jobs, most of them, you know, uh, and they do whatever it takes to be able to provide for the children. Um, so, I mean, they show up, they're calling people to calling friends and friends and friends and friends to be able to, you know, help support us in whatever way they can. Um, and then that's reflected in their, in their children. Um, and, and the kids, you know, bring that same level of, of, of dedication and work ethic uh, to practice uh, and they want to be fast. Um, so I guess I guess uh, that fire to, to keep it moving and to find whatever is necessary. It's easy to fight for when you're captivated by the people you work for. Um, so Could you identify like maybe one or a couple of the biggest adversities you've experienced in starting these clubs? Oh, well, um, I would say space and equipment. Yep. Uh, th those are the, those are the two, those are the two things that hurt us more than anything. Um, not having enough equipment, uh, hurts. Um, you know, you know, that definitely sets us back because we're not lacking in kids. That's for certain. So that's, that's um, the thing so, that, that blows my mind. I didn't yeah. think I thought your biggest problem or the biggest hurdle was getting the kids, but you're no, no that, way. that's not the case. No way, no way. We would have, if, if we had unlimited equipment and, 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 a, and a space big enough for, for 200, 300 kids, we'd have 200, 300 kids. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, what's hold us, holds us back is that our school is small um so pre-k to pre-k to you know 13 or a pg kids is a 900 kids 950 kids tops um so the high school is you know maybe five something 500 kids wow. um and you know i would say over over 10 percent of the high school rose already like over 10 percent of the high school rose already 
and we don't have enough boats, um, you know, and we, you know, so that's, that was the impetus behind, that was part of the impetus behind wanting to start Brick City, right? Because the school uh, spends an incredible amount of energy and resources fundraising just to keep the school alive. Uh, yeah. Because St. Benedict's is the only all boys, well, it's not all boys anymore, but it's the only parochial private high school in Newark, you know, in, in a city of 300,000 people. So, uh, the, you know, we're the only, you know, the only sh game in town for that type of education. Um, and we have limited space, you know, uh, the, the, the institution itself has limited space and limited resources. So in order to be able to provide for the kids and, you know, put them in a position to be fast, there needs to be a, an organization dedicated to that one thing, you know, um, to making sure that we have enough herds, enough boats, you know, uh, to be able to put the kids in a position for success. Craig, this is a silly uh, question. This is a silly question. I'm going to ask this to a couple of these guys here. Have you ever rode in a brand new boat before? Me? Yes. Never. Never. <laughs> okay. So Never. I think that's already answered this question. Nestor, um, have you ever rode in a brand new boat? Uh, no. To my knowledge, I have not. I thought a boat was new at first, but then I found out that it was uh, used and borrowed. So, no. so, so the next question is, have you ever played soccer in brand new cleats before? Uh, I have. Yes. Okay. Craig, you know what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. Like the guys, the accessibility to our sport is very challenging, right? This equipment costs a lot of money. However, when someone rows in a brand new boat, that experience holds on to you forever. And you're like, oh, that's how rowing is supposed to be. When you're rowing a 20 year old <laughs> boat, with beat up tracks and shoes and, and rips and tears and cracks, you treat it differently, right? Craig, am I right on that? Is that a- No, yeah, that's, that's facts, that's real, that's, that's real. real. So, then, so then without asking that question, then none of these guys have ever rowed brand new equipment before, but they no. see their competitors rowing brand new stuff. Am I right? Yeah, they beat more than half of them who have brand new stuff, so that's fine I just too. got chills, I just got chills. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> well, it, it is good, but I, I wanna point out how the challenging aspects of where you are in this country, who you have in your program, like they should be rowing the same kind of boats that everybody else is rowing, right? Yeah, and they, and, and exactly. So, I mean, that's, and that's, that's what we, that's what we plan to do with Brick City, right? So that there's, yeah. so that there's a, an, a, an entity through which making sure that our kids have the best of everything, right? And they have yeah. a space dedicated to them so that they can train the same way that, you know, anyone does or the best teams in the country because that's what they want. You know, they want to be the best. So oh, even if they're two-year-old boats, right? There's there's a difference between yep. a 10-year-old and a, and a, and a two-year-old. This is a, I don't know how to word this, Craig. So, you know, if we have to edit this, forgive me here. Don't but, say it, the, don't be nice. It's fine. Just say it, the, say it, just say it. It's all good. I will then, great. So. As, as a black man in this sport, I'm gonna ask this to some of these other guys, I want them to think about this, is what has been, or what have been the most, what experience, or let me, let me rephrase this, what have you experienced to be the most challenging as a person of color in this sport? Like, what have you, what have you just, something that hit happened, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe this can happen to me. Oh, with respect to, with respect to race or just- Rowing, just distance? the rowing, like coming into the sport, 
and being obviously someone that's not the norm that you see at regattas every single weekend? Um, I would say for me, uh, most people do it the right way, right? It's just like, you know, anyone or any profession. I would say the, the, the frustrating thing um, is dismissiveness. And I, I think that's, that's one thing. Uh, people probably don't even realize they're doing it, but it still happens. So that doesn't make it uh, excusable. You know, someone who's drunk and beats their spouse probably doesn't realize they're doing it, but mm. that doesn't mean they're not guilty. Um, so, uh, I would say, uh, I would say the dismissiveness is an issue, uh, that, you know, I just let it roll off my back and that's fine. And then when the kids go out there and they post a faster time than whoever had something to say, it's been, I, I smile and say, good job coach. And I keep it moving. Um, then, uh, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I guess what, what helps me work and do the work is like I said before, just putting the horse blinders on and paying attention to the kids. What I can't stand is when people do that kind of stuff to the kids. Like when I'm around, that sets me off. Um, so for instance- So let me, you know, let me ask this to Jaden. Jaden with a Y. You've raced, you've been doing this for four years. This idea of dismissiveness, right? Not even idea, this, this obvious thing, right? Have you experienced that with competitors in other boats? Have you experienced this like, oh, you know what? We're going to crush them. Yeah. So I actually happened this year. We were, we're rolling up to the, everybody here was in the boat. They were in the boat. We were, we were rolling up to the, we were rolling up to the start, rolling up to the start. We're, we're sitting ready side by side. We hear other boats talking about us. You know, we, we hear, they act like, we act, they don't think we hear, but we hear, you know, they're like, Yo, they better not beat us. And if they beat us, you know, I want my fee. Like, you want, if they beat us, you better not let them beat us laughing at us. Like, we all hear it. We hear it. And, you know, that's what, that's actually what keeps me going. That's what keeps me going. Because I, I know, I know that they don't expect people like us to, to do stuff like that. So that's what, this was, that's what keeps me going. So, how about Jaden without the Y over here? You just shook your head. You're like, yeah, yeah. Does it, is that painful to hear? Is that like something that that guts you a little bit, or do you say "fuck off"? I'm gonna crush you. Like, wh- how do you feel when you hear that in another boat? Uh, for me, I'm just like it. Just allows me to like I, when I hear it, it just allows me to like to refocus back into like what I'm about to do and what I'm doing in the boat. Like I, I just take it and then I just refocus it back into what I'm doing. Uh, I just use that as like a as like a further push to make sure I'm doing the best I can do, so I can give these people a run. Uh, when we're racing. Yeah, I listen, guys, I've never experienced that. And I, I, I can't even pretend to tell you what I think that means, right? Like, I, I can't live that. Uh, Yamil, I just want to get this right. It's Yamil. 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 Sorry. Yamil. It's all good. Hard A. Yamil. Uh, I, 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 you might be internalizing this, but, um, do people look at you differently at a regatta? When you're walking down with the boat or when you're walking around, do people look at you differently? Because I would imagine that's the same feeling as hearing someone say something to you. Um, well, uh, when we're walking down on the boat, I feel like uh, we're getting looked at. Um, 
So like I kind of try not to look at them or try to not to pay pay attention to them. I kind of want to uh, focus on the boat with uh, my teammates, and um, but sometimes I'll, I'll get I'll feel like in a comfortable stare, and uh, I'll think like I'll think that they're thinking like uh, what are they doing here, um, and I I would say that uh, for me I definitely I definitely get these thoughts like. Um, uh, am I supposed to, like, I'm I'm a person of color in, in front of all these other people, and um, like, uh, do I belong here? And then um, I remember that uh, coach, my my coach, always tells me that we have to show them that we belong here and that we deserve to be here and to race with them. Craig, you've built very intelligent young men. This is ridiculous. Like I was not expecting some of these answers. My, I asked my wife for this one. I asked, Hey, can you help me with some questions? And she came up with this one because as I'm a parent, I have three kids, right? And my daughter played baseball this year and I had to have it sit down with her. She played with boys. She was the only girl. And I had to have a conversation with her that I was not prepared to have. She said, why am I the only girl here? And it was this setting expectations of what to expect, right? And you know what I'm talking about with this. So how do you manage expectations? What do you say to these athletes as they enter their first regatta or their first time being in front of a sport that's majority white? Like what are the expectations you set as a coach? Well, I, I don't lie. Um, that's something that I, I go out of my way not to do. So I essentially say something to the effect of imagine the worst. Oh. And there's a, a chance that that will happen um, to you while you are out and about at a regatta race. Um, so I think if the kids are in a position to kind of brace themselves and they know that there's a chance that it's coming, that someone will use an inappropriate word or, you know, a ref will yell at them as at their, while they're at the start, but not say anything to anyone else. Mm. Um, you know, some, one of the kids from another team will make fun of, you know, the way they're dressed or the way they look. I, I tell them the truth, that, you know, from, from the door, they're freshmen, green, 13 year olds. This is probably going to happen to you. Deal with it. Yeah, um, deal with uh, it. Yeah. Because, you know, I think uh, one of the things that as an educator, I mean, not just as an educator, mentor, parent, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, we're not in a position to coddle our children. You know, we want to make sure that they can survive when we're not here and we're not around um, and making sure that the kids are prepared for that, uh, you know, is is really important. And it's not to say that, you know, like all, all, all white people are bad. Right. It's it's there's a chance that you, this could happen to you and you need to know what's coming and you need to. And this is the appropriate way to respond. Um, and I guess like in if you're talking about standards and expectations, we keep it simple right? We are here to be fast. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. How do we get faster? Um, and what are you responsible for, you the student, to, to help us do that? I'm responsible for equipment, uh, for making sure that you're safe, for communicating with your parents, to making sure the program has enough money. That's my responsibility. Your responsibility as a student is to add value to the team every single day, to show up, be present, 
and 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 help bring out the best in yourself and the people that you compete with. And so long as you have the right attitude, and so long as you're adding value to the team every single day, and so long as growth is is ever present in your mind, you know whether it's technical or or, or dropping the two k or the six k, then everything else will be okay. Everything else will be fine. Aiden with a Y, have you experienced this level of coaching, this level of commitment of excellence? Because, you know, Craig's, Craig's in it. Most coaches in our sport of rowing that we all share are in it less about the victories and more about the values instilled on individuals for the future, right? Like we care more about as coaches that that person impacts the future of our society. Have you experienced that in other sports that you've done early at, at an early age? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Before I came to Benedict, so I mean, well, yeah. I I played football my whole life, right? I played football my whole life up until ninth grade. Ninth grade is stopped. Ninth grade fall. And um, I the coach I had to have my whole life, and basically we, it was all about winning. And I and I and I that's how I always thought it's supposed to be. Like it's all about winning. You this is what you get out of it. You win. You win. You win. You win. And I come to Benedict, and I call him uh, Coach White, and it's like he's teaching me things that I have to, I have to know for my, for the rest of my life, like time management, stuff like time management, stuff that's going to happen in real life. So I've never had a, I've never had a course like that. And it's taught me things differently. I see things differently now. So no, I've never had a course like that, but to him. And, and I'm and, uh, Nestor soccer. You know, I, I, I'm ignorant to your sports. I, I played soccer, but I wasn't good at it. Right. And I, rowers row for a reason, right? Some of us row because we're, we're just awful at other sports. Uh, have you ever had a coach, a mentor like Craig in other sports that you've done at an early age? Um, no, I can't say I have. Uh, with soccer, I feel um, most of the coaches, again, really just cared about winning, like how many uh, goals we scored, you know, did we, did we beat the other team? Mm. And I didn't really like that. You know, I felt like I wasn't really – coaches weren't really focusing on me as an athlete like how can I improve and this also happened I did one year of basketball um, and the coach all he cared about was just winning I rarely got any play time mm -hmm. he would only put like the best people in the on the court so we would win and half of the season I was sitting on the bench and I never went back to to basketball so, yeah, Craig, you, you've, you've experienced this in your life, like rowing provides activity for everybody. Like our, as coaches, we never want a kid sitting out. I mean, yeah. a fair statement at, at, at Brick City and St. Benedict's. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's twofold. Right. Um, I think, and it goes back to like the crippling of kids. So what we, we try, we do, we work very hard. Uh, to really make sure that we're finding an appropriate balance between kids being involved and, and, and that competitiveness, right? Mm -hmm. So what we don't allow um, is for a kid, if a kid's coming to the program and we're demanding that they grow and they work on themselves. So if your attitude's not changing, if you're not completing your workouts, if you're not bringing, like, if you're not adding value, right? That's why I said it earlier, right? If you're not pushing yourself to improve, then the participation isn't enough, right? It's just like, you know, leave and go find something else. 
Um, so I think especially for especially for young people of color, I think you have to do both, right? You know, it, and, it, and it is doable. Hell, for any kid, you should really be doing both, right? It's 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 are you grown, right? Is is your is your body physically more fit in December than you were when you first started practice at the, you know in August, right? Have you grown? And if you're not growing, then I you know we talk about like millennials get made fun of all the time, right? Uh, about like just doing stuff just to do it, and not really paying attention to to detail and that kind of stuff, right? So for the kids that's you know that's where it's at for us it's, it's not just about participating right we we want our kids to beat st joe's in time and and we'll get there right we'll get there and like that's what we want we also want them to be on our own and have excellent grades we also want them to to be leaders in the school we literally want yeah. everything we want them to be the best period I, I don't know how to phrase this. So, and it's not a sensitive subject. I just don't know how to phrase this question yet. So as an educator, Craig, you can help me here. Sure. Middle of 2000, 2020, middle of 2020, there was this big push for diversity in our sport, right? It was mm -hmm. obvious. It was everywhere. We always wanted it. And then I've been around programs that started diversity in sports in like for our sport rowing, but I never got the sense that they did it because they want to win. Like programs around the country did it because they just wanted to add black kids to the team. Yeah. Am I, is that an accurate statement here? Like, I, 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 I can't because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I will speak to the sentiment, though. Um, I don't want to make enemies. But what I will say, what I will say is that's also a form of dismissiveness. Right. Yes. It's, yes. It's, 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 you know, if, if I were on Fox News, I would say or, or, or something that was like super conservative. I would say it's that like very liberal, like, you know, just like participating is enough. You know, look, look at these kids out there. Let me put them on the brochure. You know, look how great they are. You know, um, they're not, you know, hurting each other. They're doing this nice sport, but are they fast, right? Are they, are they, are, are they, are they better? Are, you know, are these kids putting themselves in a position to be successful and to be, and to be excellent? And I think that's the issue, right? It's like, what's, what standard are you holding these kids to? I was on a, a DEI call a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago, um, and someone was talking about practices, like during the year, during the competitive season. And they're like, well, what happens if a kid has a job or they have something to do after school? You know, we try to like, you know, make it so that, you know, they can come when they want to. It's just like, what? You know, it's just like, in, in, in what professional setting is that standard okay? Hey boss, you know, I've got other stuff to do. So I'm gonna come like two, three days a week and you know, I'll fit into my schedule whenever and you know, and then you know, whatever. It's all good. But we've had I've had kids come up to me and, and, and try to get away with that. And my response is what you would imagine my response is. It's like, okay, that's great. You can do whatever you want, but you're not gonna be a part of this team. It's like if if you want to be here, you need to choose, right? Because that's life we all have to make choices. We all have to make decisions. You need to choose because you can't do everything. Let, let me ask that question to Yamil. Yamil, was that question, that moment hard for you to make that decision to say, I'm going to be fast and rowing. I'm going to make this my, my focus. I mean, you've been doing it for four years, right? Well, um, I think me as a person, I'm very competitive. I think rowing as a sport is very competitive. 
So to make that decision to like say uh, I want to be faster, uh, it's like it's like easier said than done because you have to put uh, so much like energy and commitment into getting faster. And uh, for me, it I feel like the push is like trying to um trying trying to just be faster than uh, everyone, basically. Jaden with a Y, uh, I kind of I kind of saw you kind of kind of move there when I asked that question. Was that a hard decision to make when you were 13 to say I'm going to make that competitive? So, um, I, I it was a for me it was a hard decision. It's, it was a, it was a hard decision to um to move on to move on from football to rowing, and then for me to for me to go into the competitive so the competitiveness of rowing sophomore year. Cause like it, I wasn't really competitive freshman year, so for me to go into go into the competitiveness sophomore year, I had to give up what I wanted. I wanted to wrestle in the winter, and I had to get up to erg all winter, and it was pretty much worth it because once we erg in the winter, we all erg in the winter. We, all our erg scores got faster. You know, it was we saw a drop, and that's where we all that's where we all took off as a team. What's your two K? What's your two K? Uh, Don't be embarrassed. Uh, six uh, six twenty seven one thirty six. Craig, not what I what I expected to hear. Like he's he's going to uh, uh Jaden's going to the high performance camp at ODP in two weeks. Yo, I mean you got juice, dude. How big are you? What's your what's your height, weight? How big are you? Six six two two thirty. Two thirty. All right, you, you're you're a beast. Jaden, the other Jaden. Jaden, I've I've wanted to ask this to a lot of people. Um. So my shop here where I'm recording this is in West Baltimore. I am in the middle of the ghetto and it's people around here in Baltimore treat this very differently. They choose not to drive around here. I've made it my home and I support a lot of people in this community. We're all friends. And I ask them sometimes, how can I get you to a boathouse and row? They don't know what rowing is. It's literally 10 minutes from their house. So Jaden, how do I get, or how do we get more people of color to a boathouse and know what rowing is when they're 12 and 13 years old? Uh, I feel as though it's about letting them know the opportunity exists. Like before, before, even, before I came to Benedict, I didn't think rowing as like rowing in high school existed. I, I thought that was just like um, an Olympic, a Olympic sport and it was in college. I, I didn't think it was open to uh, kids my age. Uh, like middle schoolers, like people start rolling in middle school. I, I didn't know it was open to middle schoolers. So I feel like letting the opportunity be known that, yes, you can come and row in the seventh and eighth grade and start rowing your uh, freshman year of high school. So I feel as though letting the opportunity be known that it does exist and it's open to you. Have you ever convinced your friends outside of rowing to join the crew team? Yes. Yeah? What do you say to them? How do you convince them to row? uh it well it, it's, it's like what we already have here like at on the benedicts team is it's like it's a it's a great team environment like we're, we push everyone to be like uh well academically and and this is something that like and attracts a lot of people is like how we push uh everyone to be better academically so some of the guys who aren't performing well academically i say come to the team you're already a hard worker in the sport that you do so i know you're going to work hard here mm -hmm. but also being on the team is going to allow you to uh, perform better in the classroom which is going to allow for more uh, opportunities once you graduate 
And so I like uh, allowing people, getting people on on our team, especially at Benedict's, is like it's it's really easy because of our team uh, team environment, our atmosphere that we have. If you had, shit, is a tough question, man. But you know what, Craig, you told me I can answer. I can ask these questions, right? Jaden, if you had a white head coach, do you think that you'd be rowing right now? Uh, uh. I, I don't I don't think so because I, I feel like that the relationship like I, I barely knew Mr. White my freshman year right so and Mr. White is the head of he was the head of all freshmen so I knew who he was so I was like I was going to come and make a joke with Mr. White like yeah Mr. White I'm gonna join the crew team and like, I don't think I would have had that same thing uh with like a with like a white coach because just like just because of that that relationship like I Mr. White me and Mr. White both uh we're both from Irvington I caught I'm catching the same buses that Mr. White caught so it's like it, that connection there already, it allows me to come up to Mr. White and just engage in that, uh, engage that way. Nestor, same question. If you, if Craig White was a white male, would you be rowing today? Uh, I feel like I would be rowing, but I also feel like it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Like, like uh, uh, Jaden, uh, without the Y said, you know, the connection that we all formed with Mr. White is something very special and no one can like take that away from us. Like, it's just, it's something that we all hold very special in our hearts and it kind of that what we hold, it kind of continues us to continue going. If that makes sense. Oh, listen, you're very well-spoken and <laughs> that makes perfect sense, right? Like, you, you, you do something because you see someone similar to you doing it, right? Like plain and simple, right? You see someone that you can relate to and that's the impetus of our sport is that there's not a lot of professionals. I said this in the very beginning. On one hand, I can say how many people have made it a career focus, people of color. And Craig, I know, you're, you're, you, know what, you know what I'm talking about. Like it, mm -hmm. there's less than five people. Craig, Explain to us. We're gonna we're gonna slowly wrap this up because this is this is fantastic. But um, what is Brick City Rowing, right? Because there's a difference. We're talking about St. Benedict's, but describe to us and to the audience what is Brick City Rowing. And I said this, uh, you know, in our our some media that we have get that's out there. It's opportunity, right? Um, and, and that goes back to what what Jaden without the why uh, was saying uh, a few seconds ago about knowing you have the opportunity, right? And we want, you know, I guess if, if half the city is under the age of 18, we want the 150,000 kids that are in Newark, you know, to, to know that they have this opportunity if they want to take it and if they're willing to commit to it, you know? Um, so so that's, that's where it's at. <clears throat> That's where it's at. It's about having that opportunity available for our kids in our city. Um, and, you know, that's all there. That's the craziest part about it, right? The river is literally, it's right there. Uh, the so with, that, with, the opportunity, with the opportunity, it is a club sport that will row and train and race at what level? So uh, initially, initially the desire is to use the club as a conduit to bring middle school kids into the sport. Um, St. Benedict's right now is the only high school in Newark that has access to it. 
So the middle school kids are step one. Um, so that any middle, middle I'm school. I'm out of uh, so that, you know, just like you started in middle school, Arizona, in 99, yep, yep. Uh, you know, so that any, any kid who's, you know, in the city who's in middle school can have access to do something after school from there. Uh, the goal is to uh, help uh, use maybe some of our alumni to help start uh, some teams uh, or draw kids from teams at other high schools to the club as well, uh, who will also train and, and, and compete. Uh, with our kids at St. Benedict's. So in the winter, um, in the in the winter, we'll be able to have one program, one one team uh, through Brick City Rowing that will train and you know go to Crash Bees and and compete uh, that way, uh, and to do the same in the summer, um, and possibly in the fall. Uh, I, I don't know any specifics yet because that depends on conversations with athletic directors and 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 other things uh, that we haven't got to just yet. Um, but in terms of the level, at the highest level. Highest level. Um, so then, how do you? What do you? What do you mark as success in the next, say, three years? Like, what? What are like the monumental milestone goals you're looking for for the next three years? We have a dock uh, in Nork. That's ours. Uh, that's not co-opted by, you know, someone else. That's for our kids from the city of Nork uh, and the surrounding. Uh, uh, towns. Um, we have the space, the land that's associated with the dock. Uh, and we've got that and we've got uh, a club program running in the in the winter and like year round, essentially, that enables us to like fill up those gaps so that we can operate year round. That's that those are all huge wins in the next two years. Those two those things happen, and then we're in a very, very, very good spot. A dock and in a space, a dock and a space. And equipment, obviously. And equipment, yeah, that comes along with it. And then coaches and victories. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to go round robin with these boys here, and I'm going to ask you one last question, Craig. Um, Shoot. Nestor, uh, do you have desires and plans to row in college? Uh, I do, uh, 100%. Uh, the college, colleges that I'm looking at, uh, because I want to study physical therapy, um, in college. And, you know, I want to go to a college that has a really good physical therapy program. And I'm also going to look at colleges that have that program and where I can row. So it's, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone. Are there a couple schools that you're really interested in? Here's your chance. Say it. <laughs> um, right now, uh, University of Delaware is one of them. And Rutgers, New Brunswick. Uh, I believe those two um that i could think of right now that i'm interested uh, in i i don't want to toot the horn too loudly but i think craig will tell you we have a lot of reach out there and there are a lot of people that watch and listen to this podcast so we as an organization rowers choice we want to support every kid in rowing doesn't matter where they come from so if you want to go to university of delaware i got 20 guys that went there and i know all the coaching staff that we could say hey Talk to Nestor and let's see, ask, let Nestor ask you questions about the school, right? Not just about the program, but about the school. So I love it. University of Delaware Rutgers, awesome. Jaden with a Y. You're going to development camp, so you obviously want to keep doing this for your future, going 627. Do you have visions and goals of going to college and where do you want to go? Um, I'm keeping my options open right now. I'm not sure if I can talk about it, but I have been speaking to college coaches 
I don't want to. I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but I've been speaking to college coaches. College coaches is, is quite a few, but yeah. And um, your answer is yes. You want to go. You want to row in college. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I do plan on. I'm a so I'm a junior right now. I'm about to be a senior next year in the fall. I do. I, I do plan on like making the, the national team. I want to make the junior national team. I want to make one of the boats, you know, and then eventually make the under the U23 national team. It eventually make an Olympic team or something like that. That's the that's the long term goal. So. Holy hell! Oh my God, Jaden, without the why, same question. Do you have visions and goals of rowing in college? Uh, yeah, because me and Jaden with the why, like we're super close, so we're, we're always talking about college. And um, so I, I, I'm probably gonna like end up rowing with Jaden with the why. We're, we're so close, and like he's like, yo, we should really come row together. We could be buddies from high school rowing in college together. So. I'm um, probably going to end up rowing. It's, it's almost certain by now, but yes, I'm going to row. I'll tell you something funny. I rowed with the same guy for eight straight years, uh, Joe DeLeo. He's my best friend. Everyone knows it. I'm actually wearing his shirt, Leo Training. And uh, that experience, rowing with someone that you have significant history with, Craig will tell you, it, it can't be beaten. Uh, Yamil. Last question to you, man. Same thing. Do you have a vision of going to college and rowing in college? Uh, I do. Um, I, I, I kind of um, decided this like last year. I wasn't very uh, committed to the sport, but like uh, with, with the new year, me as a junior, I, I love this sport and uh, I want to do it in college. And I kind of want to like row with uh, my uh, – the people on my boat because um, like we've been talking about it too. Like we want to row or go to a college together and row. Like I feel like that would be like a dream come true to row with people that uh, came with me from Benedict's. And um, yeah. I love that answer. Uh, so it sounds like uh, the college coaches have to take at least two. They I know I'm going to say it's a package deal. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Craig, this is the last question, and and I want I, I go, be as specific as you want to be. What do you need from the rowing community and the community of Newark to make the goal of the dock and the space and the boathouse and the equipment happen? What do you need from us? What do you need from everyone listening and, and uh, getting in on this? If the world can squeeze together uh, essentially half a million dollars, uh, that's probably what it's going to take to get the we want a 300 foot dock that's big enough so that we can host races um, and have like uh, community events. Uh, we, you know, we're bidding it out right now. So uh, we've had a couple of conversations with a couple of uh, fabricators, a couple of companies who make them. You know, the dock itself is somewhere between 275 and as much as four, once you do the permitting and the transportation, all that jazz. Um, and then equipment. And then, you know, the city. I think the city, uh, you know, needs to see that people give a damn, quite frankly. Um, mm -hmm. And, it, you know, we can, we can raise this money and we can make it happen um, and we can generate enough support to make, be able to make this real. Uh, then, you know, I, I'm sure that, uh, that our municipal leaders, uh, how could you not be behind something this positive, you know? Um, that's gonna provide this many opportunities for for everyone in our at our home, so I think that that generating that support, share it, tell your friends, every little bit counts uh, to be able to get us there. And then once we're started, and people can see the magic, and then more will come. You know, 
I, I, I don't doubt sell, it. Right? Like it, it, it may, it sounds ridiculous, but it's an easy sell when you hear it from the athletes. Craig, uh, this is different. What we just did today is much different than anything I've seen out there in our sport. I, we heard it from 16, 17 year old kids and it's obvious mm -hmm. rowing and you have changed their lives. So guys, uh, we're wrapped up here. Thank you so much for taking the hour here to record this. This is going to get out to the masses and I, I, hearing the stories is the most important thing. Craig, thank you so much for being here and having this great conversation with me today. No, thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. See you, everybody. Thank you guys for, for coming in. Now that's it. Now we're going to wrap it up here at Rowers Choice. If you want to support Brick City Rowing, contact us. We're going to be putting here in this podcast and in the audio and the visual way to connect with Craig and the rest of the athletes here at Brick City. And uh, they, you know that they have our support. So we're going to hopefully see them win a lot of races. And Jaden with a Y, I'll be cheering from afar as you prepare yourself for the uh, development camp. That's hard. And coaches out there, you get two Jadens. That's how that works. Maybe Yamil as well. Package deal. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, Alex Delsort here at Rower's Choice. <laughs>